0: Is fantasy football frenzy? You want the latest info. How's your lineup looking? It's not good. Who's hurt? Who's injured? Is listed as questionable. Questionable. What does that mean? No one knows what that means. Matchup breakdowns. First game today, There's too close to call. Aww. You need an edge to pound your opposition. Like If I start him and then he doesn't play, I literally have nothing in the bank. I have no backup. Fantasy expert Jeff Meller. I mean, they know if they're playing. They know. They should tell us. Have it for you. How many leagues are you in? I'm in 12 leagues. Right here. Well, that is just pure fantasy football. On ESPN 1000. Good Sunday morning to you. A good rainy Sunday morning to you. After a summer-like day yesterday, we have ourselves a rainy fall-like day for football It feels like football is in the air. Happy week two to you. I am Jeff Meller here for you every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. Right here on ESPN 1000, and the ESPN app. Fantasy Football Frenzy. If you'd like to fire your question at me, 312-332-3776. That's how you get in and submit your question. And we will talk it through and come to a decision that hopefully helps you win your week this week and you can follow me on twitter i'm at jeff underscore meller that's m-e-l-l-e-r and if you're new to the show well what do we do here well we kind of go around the league talk about the biggest impact for fantasy football injury wise whether it's maybe just what what happened over the last couple weeks obviously we've got one week to break down from last week so that's what we do here on espn 1000 and uh, we usually get it started with a highlight or two 49ers at Bengals. Back to throw out of the shotgun as he takes the snap. Launches it up the left side. Numbers fluttering throw. Leaping catch. 10-yard line. John Ross walks in. Touchdown. On first down, here's a pitch to the left. Mixon down to the five. Fighting for the goal line. Touchdown. Bengals as Mixon takes it the final 11 yards and begins a dance in the back of the end zone. Bengals highlights courtesy of WCKY in Cincinnati. You have a John Ross and Joe Mixon highlight coming at you there. Ross, very nice what we saw from them last week. Uh, Why did I start with the Bengals, you wonder? Well, 70 snaps last week. And we see with Zach Taylor there the up-tempo offense, that something similar to what the Rams have run over the last few years. This is a very positive indication for fantasy football owners out there John Ross, a a very high pick, a top 10 pick for the Bengals a couple of years ago has dealt with injuries and puts on a phenomenal display is what we saw last week against the Seahawks. Real? Well, look, I'm not going to go ahead and put him in the top 10 of fantasy football wide receivers right now, but it was very encouraging. And the fact that A.J. Green is still going to be out for the foreseeable future, I think John Ross is somebody who you can plug into a third wide receiver spot right now, maybe a flex spot, and feel pretty good about the home run threat that he is. Now, again, I'm not going to lock him into your lineup as a number two wide out just yet. I need to see a little bit more, but it's very encouraging. He has the, the talent. He's a deep threat. And it wasn't just on the long touchdowns that he was effective. He ran a few nice comeback routes that Andy Dalton was able to take advantage of. And if he can do more than just take the top off the defense, he will be a productive fantasy player. Joe Mixon, questionable, is went through the walkthrough yesterday for the Bengals. And he is going to give it a go in pregame warmups. The true game time decision. But it looks like he is at least headed in the right direction. But I will say, high ankle sprains. That is a scary injury if you're a fantasy football owner. I will say this, Joe Mixon is somebody who is special enough on the field that he is a player that can make your day with one long play, but when he's hampered by injury, I'm a little concerned. So I have him in the mid-20s today. So unless you're absolutely desperate, I would say not a bad idea to turn elsewhere, especially early in the season when you maybe uh your your roster hasn't been ravaged by injury just yet. Vikings at Packers. Kirk Cousins out of the shotgun, takes the snap, floats out to the left, looks to the end zone, passes, caught! Touchdown! It's a touchdown! The Diggs. Paul Allen on K-Fan there with the highlights. And of course, that was from last season because there's no way if you watch what happened last week that the Vikings were throwing the ball to Stephon Diggs. The reality is that what we, what we were afraid of most played out right before our eyes. The Vikings are going to be a much better team this year with John DiFilippo no longer calling plays. What we saw last week with the Vikings taking on the Falcons... Was Mike Zimmer's dream. He was loving every minute of feeding Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison the ball and keeping Kirk Cousins passes to a minimum. And that is going to hurt the production of Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs this year. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and tell you that they are somebody who you cannot start. But the reality is, wherever you drafted Thielen and Diggs... I'm not going to be surprised if they don't live up to the numbers that you were hoping for when you drafted them under Kevin Stefanski's offense this season. And that leads us perfectly to a lot of calls here because I see a lot of digs, a lot of Thielen questions. And let's kick it off that way by starting with my man Mike in Mount Prospect. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. That's how Mike got in, and he has a Stefan Diggs related question. Hey, What's up, Jeff, Mike? How are you? you, I'm know, good. I love you but we laid a day last week with with uh, with starting a uh, Stefan Diggs. We got five point seven and seven of because That was my question, but hey, I would have done the same thing. So I still won the game. So that's all that matters. There you go. Uh, my question is uh, again with Stefan Diggs. Uh, you're right. They're running the ball, Minnesota, and I'm I'm looking. I picked up. Uh, couple of weeks ago Ty Williams at uh, with Oakland and you know they're going to be feeling catch so I'm I'm leaning towards Ty Williams. You know what Mike, and here so here's where we have to be careful in terms of not over, overreacting to one big week. But I will say that I like Ty Williams' role in Oakland obviously without Antonio Brown no longer there. He looks like he's going to be the featured wide receiver for them along with their tight end Darren Waller. They're going to see probably the most passes. I think I would personally start Ty Williams this week over Stefan Diggs. Understanding, though, that in the PPR format, Diggs is probably a little bit safer. And you're going to know that the Chiefs are not going to be caught by surprise with Ty Williams out there this week. He's going to get more attention. He's going to get more focus on him. But like I said, the Vikings right now, that offense, if everything goes according to plan for them they're not going to be throwing the ball very much this year. They're going to be running the ball, and I expect them to do that a lot today at Lambeau against the Packers, trying to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. They're going to feed Delvin Cook when he's out there. They're going to feed Alexander Madison, and they're going to try and use Cousins in advantageous positions off the play action. Now, Diggs is still a good player, but... Ty Williams looks like, again, he's going to be the featured wide receiver for Derek Carr and the Oakland Raiders. And so in that scenario, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and say I would use Ty Williams this week and uh, and hope for the best. Let's try my man Joe in Spring Grove. Hey, Joe, what's going on? Hi, Jeff. See, I got a flex question and a one-point PPR. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got James Washington at home against the Seahawks. I got DK Metcalf on the road against the Steelers, and I got Adam Thielen at the Packers. There you go. All right, so, and this is the other end of it where I don't want to overreact too much, Joe. Even though I do think the Vikings will be running the ball, Adam Thielen, when you look at the other options you gave me and James Washington and D.K. Metcalf, I still need to see more from both those players. Washington right now, I mean, look, the Steelers were a mess last week, and I'm not even sure Washington is the third receiving option on the Steelers, he's probably more like the fourth or fifth after when you go through Smith-Schuster, Moncrief, uh, Vance McDonald. Then maybe you get into James Washington a little bit. So right now, I need to see more from him before I'm comfortable even thinking about starting him. DK DK Metcalf. Really like what we saw from him. He was dynamic. Even though he, had, even though he only had four catches, you could see the fact that he's a physical freak, and we all knew that around draft time, so that shouldn't come as a surprise. But the fact that We were all worried about the injury and whether or not he was going to be available for week one. And then he comes back and just puts on a display. I mean, four catches, I believe it was 81 yards and he looked dangerous every time the ball was being thrown to him. I really like him, but what I'll say is the way the Seahawks are operating, they're in a similar position to the Vikings. They want to run the ball. They want to feed Chris Carson. They want to work in Rashad Penny a little bit. So, I do think Joe that I'm going to go with Adam Thielen this week and wait on DK Metcalf again though. I really like what I saw from him last week and the potential for a possible, you know, top 15 wide receiver is going to be there, but because he's a rookie wide receiver, let's just wait a little bit. Let's not bend, let's not uh, put him in the lineup over Adam Thielen just yet. Don't overreact to just one week. This is kind of where you have to find the right balance and determine: okay, what did I see from the Vikings? But also, what did I see from the Seahawks? Where you know they're not airing it out like the Bengals did. If, if the Seahawks came out and ran seventy plays like the Bengals did, then maybe I'd say, okay, let's let's consider DK Metcalf more over Adam Thielen. But right now, that was uh, not enough for me to say. Go ahead and start Metcalf over Thielen. Cardinals at Raiders. Mark Ingram sets to the right. Jackson wants to throw, has all day going deep down the middle of the field, looking for Hollywood Brown. He's got him! Dolphins 30, leg race 20, and he's going to score! Hollywood Brown, his second touchdown on his second catch in the NFL. 83 yards, and the Ravens are on fire. Marquise Brown had himself a day in his debut, a couple of long touchdowns on 15 snaps, and Lamar Jackson. Five passing touchdowns. I know a lot of people were enamored with the upside of Lamar Jackson. The key for Lamar, if you're a fantasy football player, is the fact that his running ability creates a safe floor that allows you to put him into your lineup every week and feel pretty comfortable. The one thing I'll say, and maybe this doesn't get talked about enough in my opinion, that if you're playing in a league where passing touchdowns are six points, that's where it actually, Lamar Jackson's upside isn't as much as it's made out to be. And while you're saying, okay, why are you bring that up? Well, because, look, I've seen a lot of leagues where passing touchdowns are six six points as opposed to four. And that's kind of the difference is if you're counting on Lamar's running ability and the, the possibility that he's going to be, you know, featured near the goal line, it's those rushing touchdowns that are worth six points as opposed to f- uh, four passing where he really creates a huge advantage. If you're talking about just passing where, you know, where you get six six points for a touchdown, Lamar loses a little bit of value. And you're saying, hey, Jeff, he threw five touchdowns. What does it matter? What are you talking about here? The reality is, come on, you know as well as I do, the Miami Dolphins right now are in chaos. The team that they put on the field last week was not a true representative of an NFL team. Now, we're going to have to monitor what happens with the Dolphins going forward closely the next couple of weeks. And, and starts this week against the Patriots where we get to see what kind of effort they're truly going to be putting out week in and week out. I'm not going to go crazy with Lamar Jackson right now and tell you that he's, you know, you know what? I'm not going to go crazy like this. What do you feel about now, you know, after that week one performance, people are talking about MVP. There's all this buzz about, you know, you and MVP. How do you take that talk? I don't really listen to stuff like that. You know, just a week prior to that, it was just saying running back. Look, no shot on Lamar Jackson because I love the kid. But the reality is anybody who's talking about Lamar Jackson being an MVP after week one. Come on. Now, he may be a fantasy football MVP. I understand that. But let's slow our rolls just a bit against an awful Dolphins defense. I like what I saw. And I think Lamar Jackson right now shows that you can lock him into your lineup and feel pretty comfortable for the next few weeks about what the Ravens are going to do because he's shown you right there. He is a capable passer. And we know what he can do as a runner. So he's a very solid fantasy football quarterback. But what I'll say is this. If somebody comes out and is really enamored with Lamar Jackson and is offering you a solid RB2 or even you know a solid wide receiver with some upside, maybe, maybe a Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods type wide receiver, and they want Lamar Jackson because of what happened last week, go ahead and make the deal and don't look back because quarterback is such a replaceable position in fantasy football that you can't just get consumed with what happened in one good week. Things are going, not always going to look that well for Lamar Jackson. I'll say this. Against the Cardinals, that's a really tasty matchup this week. And he may be able to go crazy for a second week in a row. And if that does happen, I'm telling you now, go around your league and shop him immediately if he has a monster day this week again because it'll be the perfect time to capitalize on all the buzz surrounding Lamar Jackson. (laughs) Chiefs at Raiders. Mahomes looking, looking right. Throws end zone. Caught! Sammy Watkins third touchdown pass of the afternoon. Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins enjoying week one. Oh boy, did they. Sammy Watkins exploded and of course he looked great. He was... He's always been an elite talent as a wide receiver so that shouldn't come as any surprise. He's been dealing with foot issues for what seems like the last three years now and When he's not healthy, he's not the same player, just like any player across the league. But last week, he showed that he was healthy, at least coming into the season. And once Tyreek Hill went down with the collarbone injury, out four to six weeks, then Sammy Watkins immediately stepped in and filled the number one wide receiver role. So while Hill is out, I think Watkins has the ability. You can lock him into your lineup. Shouldn't come as any surprise after last week. He's a top 10 wide receiver play for me going forward until Hill returns. And what happens with the loss of Hill? Well, you probably know his name by now if you didn't. Nicole Hardman. He is the wide receiver who the Chiefs drafted probably to replace Tyreek Hill with the understanding as the draft was coming around that Hill's status for the upcoming season was up in the air. And so Nicole Hardman, who has a dynamic 40 time, was somebody who they drafted to take the top off the field. And he steps in and he actually Ran the second most routes last week and was on the field for the second most snaps as a wide receiver after Sammy Watkins. So, Nicole Hardman, who did not, I don't believe he had a catch last week, but it's encouraging that he was on the field. And what I'll say is that if Nicole Hardman is still hanging out on your waiver wire, please go pick him up and just put him on your bench today. He's worth having on the roster. Now, he's not going to be Tyreek Hill just yet. He is a rookie. He's going to need a little bit bit of time. To understand the NFL game. But the athleticism is there. And with Mahomes throwing him the ball. I think big plays are there. And he's somebody who as the bye weeks start to approach in week four. He might be one of those wide receiver threes or flex plays. You want to plug in because of the potential for a long touchdown or two. With Mahomes out there. So Nicole Hardman is really the biggest takeaway for me. If you watch last week's Chiefs game. Not necessarily that he's going to be a locked in starter. But he's somebody who you need to be aware of and probably put on your roster if you can find the space. Let's head on out to Sean, who's in the sh- in the city. What's up, Sean? How's it going? Not much. How are you guys doing? Excellent, Sean. Let's see. I've got um, Malcolm Brown or Aaron Jones. <laughs> All right, so... I understand the concern, Sean, and this is where, you know what, I, I feel like I'm a psychiatrist half the time when I'm doing this show because the big job is just to talk people off the ledge. Let's not go crazy. Malcolm Brown looked solid for the Rams, uh, 11 carries, 53 yards, and a score near the goal line, but he still only, had, only saw 27% of snaps for the Rams. Todd Gurley is still the main runner in the Rams offense. I know everyone's concerned about the knee. I know he did not practice uh, a day or two earlier this week. They're just managing the workload. Todd Gurley, I think, look, if you're a Gurley owner, I would be encouraged by what I saw. I know it wasn't, he didn't score a touchdown, and Malcolm Brown did. And so that is something that we need to keep our eye on. But right now, the fact that Todd Gurley still had the explosion that he had last year, I do think he will see goal goal line work. It's not going to be all Malcolm Brown. And Aaron Jones... Aaron Jones is the main runner for the Packers. Now, Jamal Williams is still in the mix, but Aaron Jones is somebody who I think he's going to see a lot more touches. It's a volume game in fantasy football, folks. Aaron Jones is likely to see somewhere between 14 and 17 touches. And Malcolm Brown, even though he had 11 last week, I don't think you can count on that just yet. Malcolm Brown could be somebody who only sees five or six catches going or five or six rushes in a week. And that'll just be because the way the game unfolds and they're going. Todd Gurley is still going to see his 15 plus touches a week. Now, it may not be much more than that on a week to week basis, but he's still the Rams guy. So don't go crazy over Malcolm Brown after one week. Now, if we continue to see Malcolm Brown worked into the point where he sees 10, 12 carries each week for three or four weeks in a row. Then we can start thinking about him as a flex possibility because of the Rams offense. But right now, let's not go crazy over just one week. Jeff Miller here on ESPN 1000 Fantasy Football Frenzy. Up after me, I just want to mention too. Steve Mongo McMichael is in the house with Chicago's NFL Game Day. He'll be alongside Chris Black and Adam Abdallah today as they get you set for Bears and Broncos and what feels like a must-win if you're a Bears fan. Chris in Rockford has a QB question, and I have the same one, Chris, in one of my leagues. So fired at me. What do you got, Chris? Okay. My quarterbacks are playing tonight on Sunday night. Should I start Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan? Well, I'll tell you, Chris, in my league, I am using Carson Wentz. I know the Falcons are at home, but I just, I have to be honest, I like the matchup for Carson Wentz against the Falcons defense, and the Eagles' pass rush, I'm always a little bit skittish. That's strong pass rush, and even though their secondary can be exploited, Matt Ryan can sometimes get happy feet, gets rid of the ball too quickly, and I'm saying when you have Carson Wentz right now, let's roll that, let's ride with that, and not not overthink it right now. Let's try Gerald. And Schaumburg has a what looks like a running back question. What's up, Gerald? Yeah, good morning. I'm in a non-PPR league. I've got two running backs I need. Uh, LeSean McCoy, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, and Adrian Peterson. Oof. All right, Gerald. this one is a tough one, I'm not going to lie. Adrian Peterson, I'm going to I'm going to take him out. I yeah, look, I understand the Redskins are going to be featuring in all likelihood featuring him a little bit more because of the injury to Darius Geis. But Chris Thompson is still there, and I wouldn't be surprised if Thompson sees more touches and Peterson, the fact that he's 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 rarely involved in the passing game at all. I'm going to take him out. He just feels like the guy who right now of the of the four that you offered, the least enticing. So now we go to Montgomery and Jones and McCoy. Really liked what I saw from LaShawn McCoy. And I think if you're a Damian Williams owner, you should be somewhat concerned because as McCoy becomes more familiar with the offense, I think the look, he he's not the same player that he was back in Philadelphia or that first year in Buffalo, but he's still explosive. And I think Andy Reid is going to realize that his ability to make big plays may be better than Damian Williams going forward. But let's it's week two and i think the volume all right i'm not gonna lie Gerald. this is me putting my faith in matt nagy when i say this i think matt nagy is going to realize they need to get david montgomery the ball a lot more than they did last week if they're going to be successful they're going to try and put mitch in advantageous positions and the best way to do that is to give the ball to your best runner and from what i saw that is unquestionably david montgomery another point Tariq Cohen operated almost exclusively out of the slot last week for the Bears. Rarely in the backfield. I think only two snaps. Mike Davis was obviously the backup. And after watching what they, what, what they saw on film, you have to believe that it's going to be a priority to get David Montgomery more touches. So let's go with David Montgomery and Aaron Jones, Jill, based on volume above all else. Because while I do like McCoy going forward... I want to wait a couple weeks, give him a little more time to become familiar with that Chiefs offense and, you know, just show us that he's comfortable and that that Damien Williams is truly going to be, you know, the second running back. He's not that yet. And so it may be more of a timeshare, you know, initially. I do believe McCoy takes over eventually, but right now it's not that and we need to go with the volume in this situation. 312-332-3776 if you want to get in and ask your question. Again, Fantasy Football Frenzy with you every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. I'm Jeff Meller. Coming up next, I share with you some stats and info from Jacob Nitzberg on ESPN 1000. What do you mean the phone line is busy and you can't get through? Might want to wake up a little earlier next week. Fantasy Football Frenzy with Jeff Meller on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com. This is Fantasy Football Frenzy, and it does begin every Sunday morning at 8 a.m., so make sure you're up early and locked in, and we will help you win your fantasy football matchup. I am Jeff Meller. Again, follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Meller. I promised you some stats from our senior statistics analyst, Jacob Nitzberg at ESPN, and uh, here's one for you that stood out to me. In terms of players you may be thinking about starting this week but are on the fence, well, Jacob suggests sitting Kyler Murray. Murray turned things around in the fourth quarter and overtime last week, but a much tougher tougher matchup awaits this week. And it's on the road, of course, against Baltimore. Last week, Murray was pressured on just 18.6% of his dropbacks. Well below the league average. Since the start of last season, the Ravens defense pressures opposing QBs on 32.5% of dropbacks, the third highest rate in the league. They've also allowed the fifth lowest completion percentage, 39.2%, on passes 15-plus yards downfield. Murray attempted 15 of those last week, tied for most in the league. So, for fantasy purposes, it is encouraging that Murray was throwing downfield, and he seemed to become a little bit more comfortable in the second half as the game went on and he realized that he wasn't just going to be able to beat defenders with his speed in the NFL the way he did in college. That's all encouraging and that's good news for Murray owners going forward. But this week against the Ravens, don't get caught up in the hype of Murray versus Jackson. If you're a Jackson owner, you can and go ahead and start him, but don't get caught up as a Murray owner and saying, "Yes, I've got the next great quarterback, the next great Pat Mahomes. I need him in the in the lineup." Let's, uh let's be a little bit cautious with Kyler Murray. Nobody needs to be a hero in week two you don't need to start Kyler Murray I think this week let's uh, let's find a better option and wait for a more advantageous schedule for him going forward. let's try Dan who's out there on the road what's up Dan you're on fantasy football frenzy Hey Jeff thanks for taking my call um so I've got a trade offer. I have been offered Pat Mahomes for Chris Carson. Now, my quarterback situation is tenuous. I have Cam Newton, who I already started, and I'm Mm. not feeling good about, and then Phillip Rivers. Sure. My my RB2s right now, well, my running back situation right now is Zeke and Chris Carson, and then I've also got Kerrion Johnson, Devin Singleton, and Matt Breda. So I'm hoping one of those guys can take the RB2 spot if I take this trade. I mean, what do you think? Sure. So... This, I mean, look, it sounds like to me, I like I like running back depth, Dan, especially uh, when you mentioned Singletary, somebody who the numbers didn't jump off the page, but he was in on a majority of the snaps for the Bills, and I think good things are ahead for Devin Singletary, so you may have a little bit of depth there. Obviously, you're in good shape with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and I'll be honest, this is, this is a personal opinion, but Chris Carson always seems to get banged up, and it, that concerns me a little bit, and I know... The thought process is always you don't want to pay for a QB. But for me, Chris Carson, I personally have Chris Carson in that like 12 to 18 range for running backs on a week to week basis. But I'm I'm concerned about the injury history with him. I personally like that offer for you. And I like a little bit of the, your running back depth where I can see why the difference maker that Mahomes is. And, and you hit it on the head, Dan. Cam Newton is a shell of himself. He's not the same guy yep. who won the MVP for the Panthers back in 2015. So, and and I think Pat Mahomes is the next great quarterback, and while he may not throw 50 touchdowns, I think 40 touchdowns is well within reach for him, and that will be a great fantasy season. I personally would make that deal, Dan, when you broke it down and gave me your roster. So, I know it's uh, sometimes tough to trade that running back in fantasy football, but when you've got depth like that, that's when you want to strike, and I feel like, adding Mahomes at that point is a good price point, and I would be happy to do so. Let's try Scott, who's in Milwaukee up north. Hey, Scott, what's going on? Hey, Jeff, how are you? Good. Okay, so interesting just listening to you talk about not overreacting to one week, which probably got me into the question I'm at, and to think that I'm including Devontae Adams in this is ridiculous because I didn't probably take him second to not play him. So let's just say... (laughs) I've got, I mean, I've, I'm saying I need two of these three. It's, it's Adams, it's Tyrell Williams, which is probably the overreaction, and then Alshon Jeffrey, and it's uh, non-PPR. Okay, So you, and, and, and non-PPR always, you know, look, touchdowns are going to play a role. You can pick the wrong guy based on touchdowns alone, but I'll always tell you, Scott, No, very few people can predict touch. No one can predict touchdowns. We're kind of just playing the volume game when we go to predict, predicting who's going to score. None of us know what red zone packages are in for that week. So, I'm right now. You can't sit Devontae Adams, Scott, because the reality is that he is Rogers' favorite receiver. And from what I saw in Week One, I know it was the Bears' defense. So they obviously had a tough test. But nobody else out there looked really dangerous. You know, Jimmy Graham made made a play in the end zone, but outside of you know his height, it really he didn't look at like he like the he, he's lost. The you know, athletic ability that he once had due to th- those knee injuries that have really sapped his ability to beat defenders downfield. So for me, Adams, lock him in. Just set it and forget it and don't worry about it and don't overthink it. Even if he goes a couple weeks without scoring the volume, it will be there. Now, Alshon versus Tyrell Williams, that's one where it- it's close enough for me where... Jeffries is in an offense that he's not you know Zach Gertz is the primary wide receiver if you're looking around the Eagles you know he's, he's not a receiver but he's tight end. he's going to see the biggest volume you've also got to Jackson there as well I like Tyrell Tyrell Williams over Jeffrey this week I think I like what I saw last week and there is potential for Ty, Tyrell Williams to be a you know a top 15 wide receiver and Jeffrey is Jeffrey's on the fringes of that top fifteen. I don't see him, you know, getting higher than that this year. So I, I like the matchup against the Chiefs in a game where you suspect the Raiders are going to meet, need to be throwing a lot just to keep up. All right, sounds good. Hopefully, sounds good. Appreciate it. Thank no you. No problem. Hopefully, we talked you through it there, Scott. Let's try. Let's try Arnold, who's in Homewood. Hey, Arnold, you're on ESPN 1000. Okay, Aaron Rodgers or Big Bean Crazy question, right? You know, I don't I don't think it's that crazy. I will say though that you didn't draft Rodgers as high as you did. You know, this is the this is where fantasy football can drive you a little crazy. And I'll be honest, this is kind of my personal philosophy that unless you're taking on like literally the best defense in the league, which I think Rodgers was last week in the Bears on the road, you know, unless you're unless that's the situation and then you have, you know, a Ben Roethlisberger then maybe you consider it. But, but right now, after what you saw from the Steelers without Antonio Brown, you know I want to wait before I'm just plugging in Ben over Rodgers. I know the Vikings are a tough offense, but look, they're at Lambeau. That is good for Rodgers. So I'm still going to play Rodgers over Big Ben. And I mentioned Antonio Brown there, so it is worth talking about. Everybody knows the rape allegations that he is facing, the civil lawsuit. The NFL is hoping to meet with Brittany Taylor. On Monday and they will continue their investigation which means all signs point to Antonio Brown likely being active for the Patriots today again I always throw out the caveat make sure you confirm around 1030 1045 today when inactives are released that the news I'm giving you now is accurate but all signs seem to be pointing to Antonio Brown being active today so what do you do if you're an Antonio Brown owner how lucky do you feel how risk adverse are you because He does not know this offense the way he knew the Steelers' offense or the way he even knew the Raiders' offense. So the potential for Brown to have a monster game feels unlikely. Now, he's good enough where, you know, if he sees three catches, he could give you 60 60 yards and a touchdown or two against the Browns. So for my purposes, Antonio Brown is kind of a wide receiver three flex play today. Uh, I don't feel great about him in PPR leagues because I just don't think the volume will be there for him this week. Really? Is it going to be worth starting for you? It depends on if he finds the end zone and he's good enough where I can see if you don't like your options, he, he might be worth it, but it's really kind of your own personal preference in terms, in terms of how risk adverse are you? How, how good do you feel about him scoring a touchdown this week? The, the opportunity will be there against the dolphins, but you know, I, I don't think you can just have him walk in and count on it. So I would say be cautious with Antonio Brown unless you really don't like your other options this week. Let's go on out to Bridgeport and Tom, who has a running back question. Hey, Tom. Good morning. How are you? Good. Uh, I got Chris Thompson, Washington, or Joe Mixon. It's a non-PPR league. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate a little bit, Tom, because of you know Thompson, all his value really does seem to stem in the PPR format in the passing game. If Mixon is active today, I would say I would go ahead and use Joe Mixon because Thompson's not a great alternative. He's not somebody I feel like you're going to, you know, really the big, you know, again, it all this frequently comes down to is if if a guy can get into the end zone when we're talking about this. And if if Mixon is is out there today and active and he's going to give it a go in pre-game warmups, uh, you have to assume that uh, the Bengals will use him at least if, if he's active. So I would say Joe Mixon over Chris Thompson right now in the nine non-PPR format. Now, if you offered me up PPR, I would say, yeah, then I would go ahead and use Mixon. But in standard scoring, I would go ahead and use Joe Mixon. Let's try Roger. Roger is in Westchester. Hey, Rog, what's going on? Oh, hey, I got um, Amari Cooper or Tyler Lockett. For my last for Roger Caesar. All right. Um, and, uh, what's the uh, scoring format, standard or PPR, Raj? Actually, I think it's standard. All right. <laughs> so if in a standard scoring league, like, you know what, though? I asked that, Just, but but the truth is that I think I would go Amari Cooper no matter what, whether it was standard or PPR, really thinking about it, because PPR is not going to help Tyler Lockett. And I think the volume for Cooper in the Cowboys offense, you got to count on that. Again, It seems like I'm repeating myself, but the reality is that if you want to be, if you want to win consistently in fantasy football, your best bet is going to be following the volume. And when you see, especially when you're, you know, you're in these close decisions between one player or another. Who do you think is going to see more targets? Who do you think is going to see more touches? Because you can't predict the touchdowns. They come when they come, and you just got to cross your fingers and hope your guy's in the lineup. But the best way to ensure that you do have them in the lineup is by following following the volume, because those are the guys who year in and year out end up scoring more touchdowns than the rest. And it's pretty simple math when you break it down like that. All right, this is Fantasy Football Frenzy. We've got one more segment to go before Steve, Manga, McMichael, Chris Black, and Adam Abdallah. Get you set for three hours of Bears-Broncos pregame on ESPN 1000. But don't worry, don't go anywhere. I've got uh, the rest of your calls and Twitter questions right here on ESPN 1000. This is Fantasy Football Frenzy. Garner takes the shotgun, snap drops back, looks left, slings one left, caught, right at the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown, Le'Veon Bell! His first touchdown is a Jet, the first touchdown of the season for the Jet, oh! they've got a 14 nothing lead 98.7 ESPN New York there with the highlight and Le'Veon Bell is going to be a go at least according to him on Twitter so if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner you you can uh, go ahead and breathe a sigh of relief per bell on Twitter I got great news my shoulder is fine so no worries just had to make sure everything was ready to go for Monday night let's get it so that's per Le'Veon bell of course the jets are going to be without sam darnold for some time who is suffering from mononucleosis which it means northwestern's own trevor simeon will be under center for the jets probably not great for your Jamison crowder owners out there but Le'Veon bell should see a huge volume i would think as the jets host cleveland on monday night football Other news, in case you're just joining us late, Joe Mixon is going to give it a uh, a pregame go. We will know if he is active or not when the Bengals test him pregame. So if you're a Mixon owner, make sure you're on top of that and checking to see if he will be available. Jordan Reed is out again, still dealing with the concussion symptoms. So if you were hoping to start him this week, do not do so because he will not be playing for the Redskins. And, uh, again, Antonio Brown seems like he's trending in the direction of playing for the New England Patriots this week. So, all right, Jeff Meller here on ESPN 1000. Again, at Jeff underscore Mellor. That's M-E-L-L-E-R. If you don't get in now, we'll try and answer your question through Twitter. Let's try Patrick in Wooddale. Hey, Patrick, what do you got? Uh, how you doing, Jeff? Good. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm in a 17-team guillotine league each week. The bottom team is out. I survived week one. I have one. Uh, I need two of these four running backs, and it's a half point per reception. Ingram, Mixon, uh, Adrian Peterson, and Marlon Mack. And you said two of the four, right, Patrick? Two of the four, yes. All right. Yes. So Patrick mentions the Guillotine League, and if you're unfamiliar, the if you if you have the lowest point total in the league that week, you're going home. Your players then become available to the rest of the league the following weekend. You are out. So Patrick, in this situation, you cannot be risky. Do not play Joe Mixon. I'm glad you gave me that. that, that Cause yeah, they, look, it doesn't matter. Like the high ankle sprain he's dealing with, like you don't want any part of that. I definitely play Mark Ingram and Marlon Mack. Again, this is one of those ones where you're avoiding. You, you need to be dealing with who's got good floor in these situations. And to me, yeah. Ingram and Mack are your safest plays. Mixon and Peterson are kind of up in the air, and so it's not your normal fantasy league where you you know you sometimes swing for upside. Okay. All right. All right good right, luck, thanks. Patrick. All right, Patrick uh, drops off, which leaves a line open for you three one two three three two three seven seven six. Let's go on out to Schiller Park and Carlos. Hey, Carlos. Hey, good morning, Jeff. Um, I have a question with that um, with that news with Darnold. Um, I have a flex spot that I have a question for. So um, I'm wondering if I should start Jamison Crowder, Calvin Ridley, or Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and use Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I know everyone's kind of scared of Baltimore right now, but the air raid offense that Cliff Kingsbury gave us, uh, and you know, you saw Kyler Murray a little bit more comfortable in the second half. I would go ahead and use Fitzgerald, especially with Crowder. You know. Trevor Simeon under center, that's not great. And again, Ridley, uh, in PPR formats, Ridley to me is 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 a little bit less valuable than he is in the standard format. So I would use Larry Fitzgerald. Let's try Brendan and Joliet. Hey, Brendan. Hey, how you doing? I have a full-point PPR running back question and a quarterback question. Uh, give uh, me one, Brendan. one question, Brendan. Um, Pick your best one. All right, one. let's go. Running back Aaron Jones or LaShawn McCoy? All right, uh, Brendan. I'm going to say, go ahead and use Aaron Jones because you don't want to you don't want to use uh, LaShawn McCoy just yet because with Damian Williams there, he's still going to be seeing some of the workload. Aaron Jones is the guy that you're going to want to choose. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, Brendan is gone. That leaves us up against the two-minute warning here. Which means I try and fire away and give you them fast and furious. Joe in Spring Grove has a PPR question. He wants to know James Washington, DK DK Metcalf, or Adam Thielen. Joe, go ahead and use Thielen. Let's try. Uh, David Elkhorn wants to know PPR. Mike Williams, John Ross, Will Fuller, or Jameson Crowder. He needs one. All right, Dave. Uh, Mike Williams is expected to be available today for the Chargers, but I'm not going to advise him to use him just yet. He uh, may be limited in snaps. I would actually use, in the PPR format, Dave, I would use Jamison Crowder of those guys because I think he's going to see some volume. Even though it's Simeon, and I know I just talked about it, unless you want to gamble on upside, Dave, then John Ross would be the play for me. Ross wants to know Lamar Jackson or Drew Brees. Ross. I'm going to go ahead and use Drew Brees, but uh, if you're if you're caught up and enamored with Lamar Jackson, I can understand it. But I personally, I'm going to play the safer Drew Brees against the Rams. You're going to have to envision there's going to be uh, a lot of points scored in that one. Jackson in Oak Park wants to know Trey Burton or Vernon Davis. Jackson, let's uh, let's see if Trey, if Trey Burton is active. I would say I would use him, but we all know in Chicago right now that. Uh, That might not be the safest idea. So if if maybe if you want safety, Vernon Davis with the Redskins, with Jordan Reed out, I can understand that. Actually, you know what, Jackson, as I talk it through, I would use Vernon Davis if it was my team. TJ wants to know, he's got Vance McDonald or Darren Waller of the Oakland Raiders. And TJ, let's ride the Raiders. Darren Waller was on the field for every snap last week for the Raiders. He's a former wide receiver who's been converted to tight end And the upside there could be monstrous. Brendan wants to know, finally, O.J. Howard or Greg Olson. Well, Brendan, Greg Olson played on Thursday. O.J. Howard played on Thursday. What's up? He was wondering if he should drop O.J. Howard for Greg Olson. Thank you for the clarification. No, don't do that, Brendan. Don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, be a little bit more patient than that. All right, that does it for me, folks. But if you have a question, again, at Jeff underscore Meller, I'll try and answer it before the game today. Don't go anywhere because Bears and Broncos take center stage. The Bears up in Denver at Mile High Stadium. And a man who knows a thing or two about playing at altitude, not just on the football field, it's Steve Mongo McMichael. He's up next with Chris Black and Adam Abdallah. Chicago's NFL game day. They get you set. Checking in with Jeff Dickerson as well. Thanks for listening, folks. I'm Jeff Meller, right here on ESPN 1000.